So, Oliver, do you think that um, uh, that the phrase "substantial meal" is going to become like a euphemism for going <laughs> going for sneaky drinks? So, you, you know, you'd, you'd have a substantial meal, and then you would be tired and emotional. I think I think it should catch on. I think that should be our what's that? Well, absacken that German word for sort of like accidental heavy drinking. I think going for a substantial meal should be now the English post-COVID equivalent of that. I do remember teaching you that vital bit of German vocabulary, and mm. uh, both of us uh, use it quite frequently, although less Absolutely. so less so at this precise moment in history. But um, yeah. "abzacken" is the most uh, wonderful word uh, because, in, with typical German skill and conciseness, that one little verb actually means going out to the pub not intending to drink much and then drinking too much and coming home late and getting into trouble. All of that is abzacken. I used to call it, um, when I first moved to Twyford, where there were three pubs at the time, I used to call it nipping out to post a letter. Oh. Which, uh, of course, then in the Phoenix, it rapidly became, every time I went in the door, it was, oh, yeah, Oliver, you're just posting a letter, are you? <laughs> but no, you could go you could go to the post office and then go downstairs and have a drink. So you, you could do, you actually uh, could go out and post a letter and post a letter <laughs> at the same time. This is true. This is a reference to the fact there's now a cafe underneath the post office, but it, it doesn't do much in the ways. It certainly doesn't any do any draft beer or anything like that. So it's no use to me particularly. But uh, They probably do substantial meals, though, don't they? Well, they do. That's in fact all they do. In fact, this is this is a a company that's sort of got very enormous ambitions. They they've got a large depot and a and an outlet in Kingsworthy, and then uh, they came to Twyford and took over the uh, little cafe there. And in your part of the world, they now own what used to be Leaf and Bean, which is the uh, very traditional tea room which I used to love at the bottom of Stockbridge Road. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, next to Pickards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they they uh, well, they chose to open both of these new ventures uh, right at the the wrong time in the middle of uh, COVID, and so I think they've struggled, but uh, they're getting through. They're getting through. Yeah, I guess that um, it, is Leaf and Bean. So Leaf and Bean still going? It's gone. It used to be run by Carolyn, a very dear ex pupil of mine. Uh, she ran it for oh god, probably about twenty years. She owned owned the. She 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 told me um, with a slight wink, uh, I've sold the business. So I hope she did well out of it. She certainly deserves to. Uh, it was a little tea room, and now it's a little kitchen company, part of that franchise based in Kingsworthy. Oh right, got you, got you. Mm. Well, it's good to well, it's good it's good to hear you say my neck of the woods because I haven't been in that neck of the woods for so long now. <laughs> I, I miss the full. Flag. I know. Do you know? Uh, Not just I, the area, but the, I mean, you know, the, <laughs> the pub. The, yeah, it's actually somebody said to me a while back who um, they listened to the chuck profit episode and um the bit where i talk about how we went to bodegas castaneda in granada and i was saying oh it's the it's the best bar in the world which and, it is which it is and somebody because but some it, that's that weird definition between bar and pub because somebody yes. said to me yeah but like how can you say that because surely for you the full flood is the greatest bar in the world and i was going, ah that's the greatest pub in the world the greatest bar in the world is bodegas castaneda Yes, because so, yeah. no way is that a pub. No, 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 not at all. And as weird, we were it's... saying, um, sorry to interrupt, you. every time you order a, um, a small beer in there, you get a substantial meal with it, free. I think yeah. you ought to introduce that here. Well, in the, in the full flood, you get um, order a beer and you get 
you get a bit of Ryan free, which is always quite nice, I guess. <laughs> what happened to um, <laughs> or a bit of Ali or a what bit happened of to John's John's brother who used to bring in loaves of bread? Is that business still going? Well, last I heard it was, but I mean, I don't know what's happened because of, you know, what's happening. But yeah, no, the full flat had like a, it, it had this, um, yeah, it had a really good, well, it is, you know, it always was the kind of community centre for the area anyway. And then Rob was like doing his bread down there. So local bread for local people. Yeah. And then Rod and somebody else who like just live over the way, they were doing honey as well. So you could, um, yeah, you could go in there, get bread, honey and beer. I mean, could you, could you want out of a, out of a, a backstreet boozer as the, um, as ITV said when, <laughs> when Trip were on it that time? Well, this is a, a thing that uh, very soon we are finally going to get around to doing the uh, long-awaited trip episode of the podcast, which I'm looking forward to. In fact, I think I'm looking forward to that more than any other episode there will ever be. But um, I think I, you I know... completely the opposite. Yeah, well, yeah. tough luck, mate. You, you, you're going to have to take a back seat on that one and I'm going to force <laughs> it through. I, I'm going to force the, the Brexit negotiations through with as much power as i can exert you're going to reclaim control of trip i'm going to claim control of trip and <laughs> well as you know i was uh, searching through old ancient um, video clips and i came up with the one where you lot swagger into the full flood with uh who, who's presenting that program it's not sally taylor is it no i can't remember um the guy that interviewed us in mm. there i think pete Troop's bass player was still in contact with him. I can't remember his name, but he was, that was um that was a good day because we had like for continuity purposes, they kept on having to fill up fill up our glasses. So the in, <laughs> the interview that lasts I don't know probably all of like twenty seconds on TV <laughs> probably took about three hours, and we're substantially drunker at the end of that 20 <laughs> seconds that you see than at the beginning. So by the end where I'm saying ridiculous things like you create your own luck, like they say in footballing terms, or <laughs> some other absolute gems, you know, I, I, yeah, I was, uh, I was tired and emotional then. And I hadn't had, well, I certainly hadn't had any kind of substantial meal. I mean, back in those days you used to be able to get uh, like cheese and onion roll. Keith and Heather would do your cheese and onion roll. Oh Yes. On a, on a Friday lunchtime, which was, which was always good. But yeah, we've got that. I, I think we were interviewed twice in the fully. I think Not you were. Yes. I mean, you, you sure. really put the full flood on the map, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess the full flood does appear on a map, but it's still, it's still one of Winchester's best kept secrets. And it's, it's terrible to say, and I hope it stays that way. Cause obviously I, I you know, we don't want oh, a load of outsiders coming in and ruining it, do we? Well, there's not enough room. But there's been some good outsiders there in the past. I mean, well, I've told you that time that, well, Cave, John, me, Tim, all, all our lot, we always used to sit in exactly the same place. So you, it's when the full flood used to be two bars. So say mm. if, you, if you were walking down, if you're walking down Milton Road, the, the door that you go into in... It, when it's summer and it's nice and the pub's got the doors open, there's a door on the left. And so you, that would be the door that went into the public bar. And then, but the pub was split in two and there used to be a door on the right. And I think maybe that's, 
I don't know. I don't think that's the door that you mainly go in now. It used to be further to the right than that. And that used to be the lounge bar. And we used to go in the lounge bar, immediately turn left by the fruit machine. And there was a table there and we always sat there and the pub was always pretty quiet. So, it, you know, we just always sat there. It was one of those things. And one night, like cave me, I guess cave me and John, I have a feeling, we walked into the pub and had a quick look around and there's some geezer sitting at our table. What? I, I know, exactly. Stumptish, Richard. Remember exactly, that word from about exactly. 10 episodes ago? Mm, Absolutely. Your and table. Yeah, we went to the bar to order. So, you know, I don't know what it, a pint of Foster's, bottle of pills for Cave and a Guinness for John or something. Mm. And um, as I'm ordering it, I realise Cave's had a closer look to inspect the occupant of this table. And like Cave just turns around to me and goes like, what the fuck's Joe Jackson doing sitting in our seat? I looked around oh, and it was Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson you've never told me this story. Have I never told you no. that? No. I'm sure I have because then you found out that's when he was living down Wharf Hill and writing his autobiography. Yeah, I, did find, I did find I did find out, but but what well, I found out he was there by I found myself walking down the high street behind him. Yeah, and he's extremely tall, even though he's yeah. got sort of hunched shoulders. And yeah. I w- followed him all the way down to beyond the Broadway and over the bridge. And then I thought, I, I just can't do this anymore. But he headed up towards Warfield, and it turned out later I think either his mum lived there or had some connection there. And he, yeah, he 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 lives in well, he commutes between Portsmouth, Berlin. And uh, and um, New York, where he's got homes, and uh, but he 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 holds himself up there in Warfield to write his brilliant autobiography, A Cure for Gravity. Yeah, and I don't know why. Um, well, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe he'd seen Trip on TV and decided to go no, to I'd... the full flow. No, I don't, I don't. But then, actually, he's he's an interesting pub person, isn't he? Because as mm, we know, I hoped you were going to say this. Yeah, yeah, he is such a um, or. Is he still a smoker? Yes, he's a very, yeah. very proud uh, pro-smoking advocate. Militant yeah. smoker. And he's such a militant smoker that he built a pub in his in his house when yeah. the smoking ban came in, just so he could sit in a pub in his front room. And we've been in that place, haven't we? we you and, and I had a, had a quiet drink there, and I think you had a fag. I know you did with Mark uh, Andrews. I did. With Mark Andrews. Yeah. yeah, I've got a photograph of me sitting at Joe Jackson's bar having a ciggy. And I've got a photograph of you sitting at the bar. And because he's got like a, did he have a pool? He had, certainly had a darts board in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was a proper like, a, well, like I imagine the original uh, public bar of the uh, of the full flood would have been. They they purposely had the walls painted oh. nicotine. You know what? A delicate shade of nicotine. You, I haven't, I've only just put this together, but his his front room pub looks exactly like the what the old lounge bar of the fully used to look like ah, therefore he modeled it on it possibly there he was out go. there sc- yeah. uh, scoping it out it might not be <laughs> true but i don't care i'm sticking <laughs> I, I, that, as far as i'm concerned that's gospel truth and nobody's going to convince me otherwise it's gospel truth oh thank oh. you very much Ba-ding. nice one richard yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, no, yeah but, that... but it's still there you know and it looks out over the uh, over the harbor um it's uh, it's the most uh, wonderful thing. Have I had a, <laughs> Sorry, I thought you I thought you meant the full flood. I was thinking, yes, full the, flood harbor. The full. The, uh, I suppose the, yeah, Cheriton Road's a bit like a river, I guess. Yeah, well, sometimes when it, when it rains heavily, well, you know, it's the name. If 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 the water full flood, if, if, yeah, if the water reaches that level of Winchester, then 
historically um <laughs> winchester is underwater <laughs> i don't even know if that's factually accurate either, i think we're plumbing new again. depths of, of 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 lies in this episode but uh uh, all, all the better. You know, uh, I recently went into parts of Full Flood that I didn't know existed because I met a friend who wasn't able to walk very far um, because he's not very well. And we we went up. You know the road that goes up the side of the railway? I don't know what it's called, but the steep little road that goes up the side. Oh, yeah, I can't remember and, what it's called, and up, then up you, the side of the arbour. Yeah, that's it. And then you reach it, and the arbour's on your left. But if you go straight on, you go into like a little alleyway. Yeah. And... Uh, Oh, it is absolutely idyllic there. It's, uh, to me, I immediately felt Clifton. It just felt so yeah. like Bristol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low, rows and rows of very tiny little houses, um, all sort of clustered up and down the hillsides. It was just amazing. And I think probably that's why Full Flood is becoming even more ridiculously expensive because it's, it is such an attractive place to live. Although if you have a car, forget it. The, 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 there aren't even any roads to bark on are there most of the houses are only reached by going down these little little cobbled alleyways yeah well that um i think it's called north view that that row of houses that you said it's like clifton in bristol mm. uh, the the first house if you're walking the way that you're saying that you walk from yeah. so from the arbor over to Cheriton road the yeah. first house there that used to be a pub as well that was oh god i'm gonna get this wrong it's either called the Rifleman or Volunteer or something. Um, yeah, I guess there's loads of websites which are dedicated to old pubs that aren't there anymore, and there'll be pages about old Winchester pubs, no doubt. Oh, there are hundreds, um, yeah. Yeah, and this, yeah, this, there was a. I'm sure it's called the Volunteer Arms. There was a there was a pub on the corner. I mean, and it must have been, it must have been tiny. It must have been the same size as say, what the Sid James used to be like when the Sid James was you know before it like got bigger and then <laughs> but got it's bigger, still tiny isn't got it? bigger again it's still mm. tiny but mm. when it used to just be that that one front bar it was it was minuscule but yeah that I, and i've never met anybody i don't think who ever went to that pub on north view if it is called north view it's either north view or south view I suppose it depends which window you're looking out well for, really, doesn't it? <laughs> well, knowing our level of accuracy, it's probably Westview or Eastview, in fact. But um, you talked earlier uh, in an earlier episode about the theatre bar. Now, that really was the smallest pub in the world. You literally, you couldn't get more than 20 people in there, could you? And no. in co- the COVID um, regulations would mean you'd have a maximum of one person yeah. uh, eating a scotch egg in that, in that bar. But... Um, and then I suppose the hide is uh, particularly tiny, isn't it? Although it's a bit of a rabbit warren. Once you get in there, you you find more bits of it. But that's also like a, I mean, it's also like a proper pub. I mean, that's that's a famous pub. The hide is definitely a famous pub just because it does such good, you know, beer and it gets run really well and stuff. I mean, it's like that's, I mean, out of all the pubs in Winchester, of which there are a lot. I mean, there's a lot with kind of, uh, you know, nostalgic great histories and what even, you know, ones like the Willow, which I think is just opening up or the, you know, the Mash Tum when it was there. Those are all sort of like, oh, I almost want to use the word transient. Whereas sort of like the Hyde and the Full Flood, they've just always been there. It seems like they've always been there and they will always be there just because, you know, they're they're such good boozers that 
people will people will always go yeah and it's the only apart from the railway it's probably the only pub in winchester now that's got a bit of a sort of inverted commas alternative slight feel to it hasn't it it just uh you know you have random people in there with ukuleles singing folk songs and things and then yeah. of course the smallest gig venue in the world there's got to be the smallest gig venue in yeah, the world downstairs. which is yeah. uh yeah. when you plunge down into the cellar and uh I mean, with great difficulty, I think you can get about 25 people in there. But still got stage and lights and PA, I think. Uh, it's absolutely incredible place. But that interest, in, that interest in, you know, for want of a better word, ale, real ale, you know, craft beer, when, when that interest passed to sort of a younger generation, it, you know, I guess they were looking for somewhere to go that didn't just sell cronenberg or john smith's or whatever and so the hive was one of those places because they always you know jan always had like unbelievable beer there and and the full flood is the same thing as well so it's like you know like so many beer festivals these days but a lot of the time you don't have to go to a, a beer festival to find somewhere where you can drink six different local brews now you could you know walk into the fully if it was open and and do that or any any number of places and the hide as well so i mean when which the beer festival was on like the oh, you know that would clear out and everybody would just like pile up the hide it used to just be like mad busy and people <laughs> are going there because you know the hide i mean the hide does a lot of things but if its main job like the full floods main job is selling beer then just i mean those two places just do it unbelievably well like so much better than a lot of places we were talking a bit about uh, the uh, the willow tree as well, because, of course, our friend Jim that we mentioned many episodes ago was mm. the landlord there for a long time. But prior to that, uh, I was trying to remember the names, the, the famous Derek and Monica. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and that was when I first came to Winchester. And there was a there was a really thriving alternative scene based around the art school and, and the, the general sort of punkness of what was going on at that time sort of late 70s mm. and the, the willow was the place to hang out um people uh people would get extremely drunk but do very strange things in there and, and there, would, there would be sort of art installations and uh there was definitely a, a drug scene going on there as well yeah. and um oh am i saying too much if i think that probably both the landlord and landlady were well they were heavy drinkers themselves They'd, they'd previously run a pub up in the high street, which is no longer. I think it's uh, it's been converted into a shop, along with loads of other places that uh, if you go onto the Winchester Memories Facebook page, you, you almost every day there will be some lost Winchester pub posted up there. I remember um, being in the I remember being in the Willow once and um, Derek coming out and ringing the bell. And going, that's it, time, you horrible lot, time to go home. And Monica just appeared and said, it's ten to nine, you fucking idiot, Derek. <laughs> it's like, it was a different world. But, but, I mean, we used to, like, go from the mash to there and then back to the mash. And, I mean, I don't know, I don't, don't know why we didn't just stay in one i guess because there's two there's you might oh, but there's two. something about we i would include the cricketers in that one and then of course the riverside uh where we used to put on our punk gigs which is now the bishop on the bridge cricketers is now 
number five. They're all sort of, you know, bless the hearts, very bland. Not exactly chain pubs, but they, they're not exactly bursting with character, are they? But those places, um, I was remembering the other day, you know, when we were talking about substantial meals, what what constitutes a substantial meal? And I was reading this. I thought I'd literally gone mad this 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 weekend when I was reading an article about what the various politicians have said about what is a substantial meal. Yeah. And apparently a Cornish pasty isn't a substantial meal, despite the fact that it was created for Yorkshire for for Cornwall tin miners yeah. to be a substantial meal to keep them going all day. Yeah. In one um but and then some politician oh God, I can't even remember his name and I wouldn't want to, but was saying, oh, yes, well, no, it only counts as a substantial meal if it comes accompanied with salad and vegetables. <laughs> you can't make it up. Did anyway, mention uh, gammon uh, as a substantial oh, yeah, meal? Gammon, yeah, gammon, exactly, yeah. Along with um, uh, all, all Winchester's pubs in those days, the, the Willow had a, a brilliant jukebox which would tend to be stocked by, uh, by some of the customers. You know, they'd bring in their sort of... Uh, damned and clash singles and they get put on there um but this machine used to get very hot and uh one night there was a couple of guys in there and they had they, they had a bet about whether you could fry an egg on it so one of them went back to his <laughs> student flat got an egg and uh, broke it over the jukebox and of course it wasn't hot enough to fry it immediately like you can do on pavements in hot countries but it it started to sort of turn vaguely white. And by the end of the evening, it sort of not quite fried itself, but it, it was this sort of blob on there. And of course, you know, I don't think Derek and Monica even noticed. So I went back a week later and it was still there. Yeah, it's probably still there now in, in, <laughs> in, some, in some parallel universe or something. And then what's happened this summer is that uh, the Willow finally announced that it was closing down, and 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 obviously caused a great deal of uh, a great deal of uh, angst among the population because uh, it is one of the most lovely settings. Mm. Uh, and, and despite the fact that all the over the years they've always tried to make it a tourist attraction, no tourist ever finds their way there, do they? So it, it, it it's a proper sort of Wintonian's um, hostelry, but. Uh, they they got going well actually shortly before they closed down they they started putting on some quite well known uh, comedians there I don't oh. know if you heard about this yeah no I remember you telling me yeah yeah I know in the in the, the beautiful garden by the river there and they had Shappy Corsandi on hmm. and uh, who's got a connection with Winchester I think she might have even been to Winchester University right and apparently it, it turned out to be a complete disaster because um, <laughs> one of the neighbours. <laughs> who lived sort of at the back, um, took offence and started shouting over the wall, you know, shut the fuck up, get that bloody fucking noise down. And, oh and, and, and then, you know, Shappy sort of reacted in a sort of jokey way, but then other people started shouting back at him that he should not be so selfish and what have you, you know. And it's a classic thing about um, somebody moving next door to a pub and then complaining that it's noisy. As as dear old railway has suffered for many many years uh, with uh, with neighbours who uh, yeah who don't who notice that there's a gig venue don't notice there's a gig house. gig venue next to the house don't. which they which they bought after uh, the gig venue had been going for many years. Did, did you know the people who were running the Willow like 
two years ago or three years ago? Or we... I didn't know them personally, but uh, my daughter used to go there. I, I, I think they, they did a lot of um, acoustic music as well, didn't they? Yeah, because the guy, um, I think it was a couple, and the guy was the the son, I think, of this uh, Canadian guy that I knew in Spain. Such a weird thing. I was Good talking grief. to him once, and... Um, yeah. Yeah, he kind of sort of vaguely knew where I was from and asked me where I was from again. So I said Winchester. And he said, oh, you know, do you know a pub called the Willow Tree Inn? And, you know, it was just like the way the way he said it, you know, he gave it like the full title, you know, because obviously (laughs) if you're Winchester, you just say the Willow, don't you? He said, do you know the Willow Tree Inn? And I was like going, "Uh, oh, you mean the Willow? Yeah, I know the Willow. Why? How do you know the Willow? You're Canadian and have lived in Austria and now live in southern Spain. And yeah, for some weird reason, his his son had something to do with it. I mean, that you know, I'm not saying that's a lie, but yeah, I'm sure that is true. But it seemed like a a weird. A weird well, that will be the person who recently quit. Yeah, um, right. But the news is that somebody else has taken it on, and it's a, either about to reopen or already has possibly. But it was always good. Well, obviously, it was good for food when Jamie worked there. Like when when I was <laughs> up at the Observer, we used to go down there almost like every lunchtime because he did these like five quid sort of meal deal lunchtime things where you got this massive sandwich and a load of chips. And I just, I just always have memories of Sam Layden just mixing endlessly mixing tomato ketchup and mayonnaise together to get the consistency <laughs> right before oh. putting it on his bacon, brie, and cranberry. You, you, you that, that's what they do in the kitchen, and then stick it on with with the prawns and call it a Marie Rose. Yeah, sauce. I think I think Sam always used to claim this as well. And but <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, that was a good. And the thing actually, is that... talking about going back to last week's episode about the time. Like oh, yes. We used to go there with like Phil when uh, when Jamie was doing his kind of cookery demonstration thing. Oh yes, that was... I forgot that. Yeah. And, he, and he was quite a legendary in the you know we know Jamie is a sweet, uh, quiet, well not exactly quiet but uh, you know a very placid, kind sort of gentleman. But yeah, he could let rip in the kitchen if necessary. Definitely. Well, yeah, he has. You know, that's the going from being called Jamie to being called Jim, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Jim gives you that like bit more of authority well a name like jim and a 20 centimeter cook's knife that's it's definitely going to like help in the kitchen if you want to get your your point across isn't it <laughs> but it was a, it was a yeah the, and also the other thing that the willow used to have going back to the days that you were referring to long long ago mm. is um they had uh, watch it yeah i know what you mean <laughs> they had like a they had um uh well they had bar football but they also had oh what's the what's the thing called the the um you know that game that we like with cues and the mushrooms. God, oh, bar billiards! Bar billiards. They have bar billiards, didn't they? Yeah, they had mu- mushrooms of various types in that pub. I'm, I'm sure. But, so yeah, they did have bar billiards. Yeah, well, they used to be a very that... thriving bar billiards league um, back in the seventies at all the Winchester pubs. And you know what? Very... The, the last place that I had a drink in Winchester or its environment was. Twyford Social Club uh, also used to have one. Yes, sadly, uh, no more. Or, or well, watch this space. But as it stands, so, Twyford Social Club is no more. But um, who knows what may or may not develop there? But yeah, well, we spent many a happy hour. Did you know that the place that uh, was uh, the the champion in the Barbillions League year on year was um, the uh, oh god, is it called the Plough at Sparshall? Not the Plough at Sparshall. 
The Rack and Manger. Oh, the, right. the, the, the pub that people kept crashing into because it was on a dangerous crossing. Wasn't that always <laughs> known as a biker's pub or something? Uh, or no, no, no. And I was going to interrupt you earlier on when you were talking about the volunteer. The volunteer was in Twyford. Oh, okay. And was, uh, still is, it's great. People still try and go in there for a drink because the people who own it have still got a large pub sign outside <laughs> saying volunteer. And it's his... It actually, uh, it must. I never got work, went there because um, that was before my time. But my friends, uh, who who go back a long way in Winchester, said it was the most amazingly, fantastically wonderful pub, a big drug den, and uh, frequented by local bikers. Um, a, a total den of iniquity, but it's so picturesque. If you ever get the chance, uh, listeners, to to wander down Queen Street in Twyford and try and imagine what it must have been like to be able to go to the uh, the volunteer, along with in those days, uh, the, the bridge had a great jukebox and public bar, and again frequented by people coming. You could catch the train out to Shawford, obviously, and and then have a lot to drink, and then go go back by train. Uh, that was run by Mike Sinker, who then had the uh, Eclipse, and not the Eclipse. What's the one down the little alleyway? Bakers. The, the Bakers. Yeah, the Bakers for many years, and uh, the Exchange. Oh, and right. that brings me on to sort of little dynasties of pub-owning families because, of course, we have the Mansells, which was Clive, who still owns the Full Flirt. Um, and at the one queen. stage, they had the Queen. I think they still do. They just still have the Queen. Yeah. They had the Bell in St. Cross, which they definitely don't have anymore. Uh, and now, of course, his son Andy uh, has his own brewery, the Red Cat Brewery. Oh, yeah, of course. yeah. yeah One yeah. of, I think, three craft breweries in Winchester now. Oh, I could do with a pint of oh, prowler. I know. What a, a prowler what, right oh, what now. What are we doing talking about this when we, we could have... I mean, I've got tea and you've got coffee. This is We're yeah. letting the side down a bit, really. We well, want to bang down a few schnapses and liven the conversation up a bit. <laughs> I was going to say, it is half three in the afternoon. I mean, it's definitely gone past noon, hasn't it? So... Yeah, maybe well, we be, yeah. We the pubs aren't the pubs aren't open, so uh, no. yeah. So um, and then there was this person that I'd, I've no idea. It's a lady, and I don't know what she's called, but who who again had this uh, in more recent times. She had the uh, what used to be the Foresters down the North Walls. Uh, she turned that into a, a kind of restaurant stroke pub. Oh, yeah. uh, she also has what we used to call the Mucky Duck, yeah. um, which is the White Swan, which is now like a kind of sports bar. I've never been in there because, as you know, I hate sports. And yeah, so but, the but last n- thing I want to do would be sit in a pub with a load of screens flickering around me. Name-wise, that is actually called the Mucky Duck now. It's, they changed the name to the Mucky I Duck, which, so. again, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just naff, isn't it? Uh, they also have the Green Man oh, opposite yeah. the cinema. yeah. And didn't they have St. James's at one stage? Yeah. That's, I, I don't know. I may be speaking out of turn. Anyway, they've got like a little sort of chain of rather like the kitchen company I was talking about with their coffee houses. Uh, this is, is, is a, a modern day chain of pubs. And talking of chains, I, I think the answer is probably no, but hey, you, have, you haven't been watching Tom Carriage's program about pubs being lost no on the I, TV, saw, on the TV. I saw a little bit of it but i haven't but yeah well no. it's been it's featured on one of my favorite um music pubs which is the, the prince albert in in stroud hmm. where i grew up and um 
I've been very interested to note uh, the similarities with the position that the, the the railway has been in for so many years as a tied pub, yeah. where uh, you have to sell the beer provided by the brewery, mm-hmm. and the brewery provides it at very high prices, yeah. and therefore makes it virtually impossible to actually make a profit and. Uh, at the Prince Albert, the, the the outcome of this TV program was one of these kind of effectively a, a makeover show, and yeah, the outcome of it was that he was able to the landlord was able to uh, renegotiate with the brewery, and the brewery would allow him to bring in uh, a few extra uh, beers from outside that he he would buy direct from the brewery which he wasn't allowed to do before exactly yeah which that made it a little bit now that's an arrangement that the railways had for many years and i i hope i'm not speaking out of turn here but it's an arrangement that's in the process of being changed and terminated because of the shutdown and the covid and them not receiving any kind of grant and yeah. they have now come to a completely different arrangement with the with the brewery which is you know, none of my business to talk about. Because but it has ensured the survival of the venue, which, of course, for you and me as music lovers, yeah. is uh, a fantastic news. And wasn't wasn't it also the case of um, pubs like that? Like, not only did you have to buy the beer that the brewery was selling, but you'd have to buy your spirits off them as well. So you'd have oh, to, yes, you'd have to buy everything. your, your Smirnoff off of them at a price which was more expensive than going down cash and carry. Which is just, right. it's just madness. I mean, it's just like, what, you know, what world, you know, what world can anybody, you know, survive doing that? It's you'd just, almost think it's that crazy. they didn't want them to succeed. Yeah, you'd almost think that you'd want like a big plot of prime real estate in the full flood. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean my, my fear has always been, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm completely... Um, phobic about the the thought of losing the railway i just cannot bear it. that's why well you've been helping too we you know i do so much i possibly can to kind of help them out but uh i think it has got some kind of preservation order on it. i don't think you can just take that building and turn it into a block of flats um, right. i i i i don't think they can do that yeah and that's why i'm more confident that uh in some format or other, it, it will survive. I, I very much hope so. Can people still get that? Um, get that? I don't know what to call it. Magazine, booklet, book. Oh yes, yes. Have we not promoted it here? No. I don't think we have. No. Plug it. Rich, Richard, Richard designed and I wrote um, a book called uh, Locomotion, which is all about the history of the railway. Actually, it's a lot about the history of Winchester as well. Um, and um, yeah, we 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 sold it. We still do sell it, um, giving. You know, well, all the profit to to the railways rescue fund, um, and it, it was very kindly printed by the wonderful Sarsen Press at very good rates for us. Yeah, so any, anybody interested in seeing that magazine should uh, should contact either either you or me. And yeah, so my olivergray.com. Yeah, oh yes, olivergray.com. Yeah, yeah, it's on. It's up there. You can you can buy it direct from yeah. there. I think neither of us were old enough to remember the Talbot. Do you remember? Do you know where the Talbot was? Yeah, I know the name, but I don't. You know where Mossbros used to be, which is now the Coat Brasserie yeah. Restaurant, yeah. Upper High Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was opposite there on the corner. I think it's now some kind of. It was bound to be an estate agent, didn't it? What else could it be? Um, 
And uh, that was the very much the sort of Winchester alternative hangout in the 60s mm. uh, before before I came to Winchester and before you were born. Uh, but some many of my friends uh, of that era, such as Baz Mort or Will Fallon, uh, they will tell you stories of uh, what an incredibly cool place that was. Uh, apparently it did have the jukebox to end all jukeboxes of just absolutely brilliant and you brought in your own singles and you you could put them on there uh, and uh, a landlord that turned a blind eye to uh, extensive drug dealing going on in there um what year but of was, course what year did that shut uh, i arrived in 76 and it had been shut for uh, two or three years by then oh. so um but of course I don't know if we've ever talked about famous songs about Winchester. Um, obviously, everybody mentions Winchester Cathedral by the new vaudeville band. And then mm. uh, Winchester Cathedral by uh, um, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Nash, I think, but written by written by Graham Nash mm. when he was on an acid trip yeah. in, uh, in Winchester. We don't know why he was in Winchester. Um, but the most famous he... of all, no, he certainly didn't know, know even know if he was in Winchester. <laughs> yeah, or who he um, was. <laughs> the most famous of all is Robin Hitchcock's song Winchester, uh, because he, uh, being a college boy, um, would frequent would, would frequent the Talbot, and one of the lines in the song goes, uh, "Standing in the Talbot in my flares," uh, which is a uh, a very famous line from a from a, a fantastic song. Yeah, I don't think there's. I, I'm kind of surprised now that Trip have never mentioned the full flood in a song. <laughs> it's extraordinary, isn't it? Oh, I've, nev um, I've never written a song which mentions the full flood. Uh, I thought for, I, I thought about twenty minutes ago we were going to be deflected into just doing the uh, the trip episode here and now when we were talking about the full flood, but uh, we won't be tempted. We're going to do that in a, in a week or so's time. Um, I was thinking back to that little uh, little crawl you could do from along the bottom of town, and we haven't mentioned, of course, the fighting cocks, which oh, yeah. uh, then uh, that was another incredible den of iniquity. Um, yeah, the Fighting Cocks uh, eventually rechristened itself the the Mash Town and was Winchester's definitely first uh, of the modern era of brew pubs. It had a, a a little brewery in the cellar, made its own ale, which was extremely unusual um, at the time. Yeah. But uh, oh, and just talking about it and and some of its very very characterful. Um, Customers such mm. as Ron would be in there every night. Ron Purse, who we've talked about so often, uh, uh, Danny the Punk, and all all the punk guys used to get in there. Um, um, dear old Aldo, I never knew his surname. Nobody ever knew his surname, but um, he passed away last week. Did, did you know? Oh that? no, I didn't know that. Oh God, yeah, no, he's, jeez, yeah, he was, yeah, he was totally. Well, his totally mashed tun, and he was well, totally. Yeah, I mean, I don't totally think he had mashed tun, and, and, and again a real, real Winchester character. He was like Pele. Um, he didn't need another name. He was just Aldo. He was just like, <laughs> do you know Aldo? Right. Mm, not sure I do. You know the guy who looks like Frank Zappa. Oh yes, yes. Oh, he looked just like him. Wonderful droopy moustache. Mm. He, he certainly one of the. Uh, Oh, I don't know how to put it. Most colourful um, Winchester characters. His sister ran the off-licence um, in the bottom of Stockbridge Road, which has now become yet another coffee house. 
You know the one elevated up with a little sort of uh, patio in front of it and a fence around on the end of uh, the road where Cave and Sally used to live. Oh, what you mean? Oh, what you? No, that didn't. Unwins used to be walkers, was it called Unwins? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. Yeah. It was a. It was a uh, an off license, and his sister ran it. So you you see him in there, but he ended up um, the last few years of his life. He became a what are they called? A, 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 the people who live in the almshouses. A, a, a brother or something. Yeah. Uh, yes. The, the, the almshouses that were right down on the on the big roundabout by King Alfred's statue. Beautiful yeah. places. And to be fair, you know, he was uh, lacking in any kind of cash. And those places were designed for people who were in penury to live out their years in some uh, some sort of dignity. So it was a good place for him to, to finish up. But I was very sad to hear that he'd uh, he died. Well, he was, I mean, he was definitely like a real mainstay of that place when I was going. When we were going, like in the early, mid-80s a lot. And yeah. I mean, that's where I first met, like, Cave and stuff. And like, they used to go there with Siege and Gubby and all, all that lot. And, you know, the, yeah. That had a great jukebox. I mean, its jukebox was... um. I remember, do you remember my birthday party on that really like hot summer's day in the full flood, like a couple of years yes, ago? Yes, yes, very well. Well, I did, um, I just stuck a mix together, which was because I knew that like all my old lot were going to, or a lot of my old lot were going to be turning up. It were people from that era. And so I just like put a whole playlist together called 1985 Mashton Jukebox, which was just <laughs> things like um, Trapped by Colonel Abrams, why can't this be loved by Van Halen, uh, Captain of Your Heart? <laughs> it's just like like completely oh. like Madonna tracks. There was so so many things that are. I mean, that's the place where I would have heard Radar Love more times than <laughs> anywhere else in the world. You know, that was that was always on. It was a, well, so that was a good good jukebox. Definitely. They occasionally used to have um, live gigs there, not very often, but I did see the. Uh, exploding seagulls there one time which uh, was a, a extremely eccentric band and th- they had this gig set up in the in the guild hall but when they turned up the support band being um i think danny and the lobots i can't remember the, the people of the guild hall got cold feet so they transferred the gig down to the mash turn and mm. uh, they ended up doing a set of covers and according to a document that i've recently seen apparently i got up with them and played Roll over Beethoven. <laughs> uh, Paul Bringlow on drums, of course. You, you can hardly imagine this stuff. And then another brilliant band I saw, which all had what I claim to be one of the best band names in history, the Temple Meads. Uh, they were a precursor of Bellowhead. Oh, okay. And uh, a great little sort of, what do you call them, like raggle-taggle punk band from that sort of era. I love the way that you say a document that you've recently seen, like it's been released under the 30-year rule. <laughs> well, it has. It's been released from my <laughs> attic <laughs> during lockdown. I, that's all I've done is look through ancient documents, as, as up, you well know, because I keep sending you them. You'll be up <laughs> Embarrassing there like photos and things. Woodwood and Bernstein are up in your attic <laughs> going through there, looking for the lost minutes of that Nixon uh, tape. I keep I, people sort of keep suggesting that I might have something that's valuable that I can put on eBay. But of course, I, as as all bands that I ever had anything to do with, invariably crashed and burned and mm. failed. 
<laughs> there's nothing of any value whatsoever. Though. Um, I was the last thing I was going to mention, uh, of course, is while we're down that end of town, is uh, the little empire of black uh, items, which was starting with a black boy, mm. which, of course, if you ask anybody what's the best pub in Winchester, they they nearly there's a, a rubric in the Chronicle that has uh, you know what asks some local personality what's your favorite favorite pub, and I would swear that ninety percent of them say the Black Boy because yeah. uh, it is full of character and uh, uh, and very very cleverly run, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I I I you know I've I've used ah. Don't forget, we're going to do a podcast on all the places you've lived in Winchester, Richard. But you used to live about three doors down from it, didn't you? It was very convenient. Yeah, well, I was always skint then, so I never, I never went. <laughs> so that's. But yeah, no, it is a, it is a good pub, and it was on. Um, do you ever watch Salvage Hunters? I, I, it sounds horrific. I would never watch anything like that. But I know the kind of program you mean. It's, yes. Yeah, this this bloke and his mate go around and like buy stuff off of people i mean you know it's a pretty simple concept <laughs> and um but they go to lots of i mean the series there's been lots of series now so they've kind of like run out of um antique shops in you know midhurst to go to so i was watching one episode and they just rocked up at the they were at the black boy and bought some like random stuff off of dave who, the, the guy that runs it you know like i don't know like a stuffed zebra with a tin <laughs> helmet on or something you know it was just like random black boy stuff uh but th- yeah that was quite weird seeing it on seeing it on tv but it's yes. just it's just it's the other end of, it's the other end of town so i never really kind of you know it's just <laughs> the uh, wrong side of the tracks yes of course there there are actual tracks between you and there aren't they my goodness yeah but it's true i mean and people do stick to it i remember it was probably about this time last year being in the fully and talking to ben and like we were all saying about you know it was carnage in town like so many people around and the christmas market and all that stuff Mm, going on mm, mm. and like ben was like saying you know quite seriously he was like saying yeah i'm not i'm not gonna go the other side of the tracks now until (laughs) until the season's all all over and you just think think, yeah no fair enough i mean it's the fair enough the, the, the great thing of living in that little enclave that guy also opened up this really weird place I've never been into the the black bottle which apparently if you go in there you can they kind of kind of like slot machines for wine so you can you can get wine out of a out of a dispenser yeah and um, it all seemed to me a doomed concept was bound to bankrupt him and yet it's still going after what at least 20 years so obviously people do go in there and they love the concept yeah and he's also got the the black have you ever eaten at the black rat that's winchester's only i have never been able to afford place, to it? probably a well, bit meaty for you yeah our friend uh ben perry was the waiter there for many years oh, wasn't I didn't he? Know that. yeah yeah he he he, he was uh serving there for 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 a long long time and uh but i i'd love to go to be honest with you you know we've got a a huge wedding anniversary coming up and i'd love to go there because it's my uh, what's the word eye-wateringly expensive but the sort of thing you can do as as a one-off 
for some amazingly special occasion. But I don't honestly. But I look that, at it; and it's I, all venison and this and the other, yeah. and oysters, and I can't eat any. If they haven't got a curry or a burger, forget it. So I know I was going to say your food tastes do not. Oh. I know your food tastes well, and I, you, you know it doesn't. <laughs> No, <laughs> absolutely no chance. There's, there's like, there's no chance. <laughs> I always remember being around yours once, and Lucy cooked, and and you and Birgit were going, "This is the best food we've ever eaten." And Lucy was just going, "You're only saying that because you can't cook." <laughs> well, that is true. <laughs> Neither of us can cook. I'm perfectly, perfectly happy to. What is the name of the boutique hotel? He's also opened next door to the Black Boy. It's called the Black some, Black Hole. Black Hole. I was going to say Black. Page, I know. And Black again, Hole. you think, come on. This concept is it's based on the idea of it being a jail. So you pay a lot of money to go and stay the night in a jailhouse and you're thinking that that's never going to work. Obviously, it's thriving. <laughs> yeah. That's why I've never been successful in business. Whereas you say the jailhouse, which is obviously the... the oh, don't. Yeah, exactly. The, the name of the spoons. Uh, and the reason the it's called that is because that used to be... Um, part of that used to be the old debtor's jail in Winchester. I believe. I refuse to mention its name or give any publicity to it to a Weatherspoons pub. Yeah, Sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to go in one ever again. I don't think. Right, that's a good to stop, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Come on, you full flood. <laughs> <laughs>